Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. Good morning, everyone. Can I just say what a privilege it is to be asked to share a thought for the day this Sunday. I just want to look at the Psalms this morning and just think on one aspect of them. But I thought I'd start off by reading a story that happened to Lee Strobel, one-time journalist, now an author. Some of you may have heard of him, and this happened back when Lee was still a journalist. He writes, well, one average and routine day, I was picking up my briefcase and getting ready to leave the office when I felt a gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit. I sensed God wanted me to go into accounts and invite my friend, who was an atheist, to come to Easter services at my church. Since the impression seemed so strong, I figured something dramatic was going to happen. So I walked into accounts and looked around. The place appeared empty, except for my friend who was sitting at his desk. Perfect. I reminded him that Easter was coming and asked if he wanted to come to church with Leslie and me, Leslie being Lee's wife. He turned me down cold. I asked if he was interested in spiritual matters and he emphatically said, no. I asked if he had any questions about God and again he said, no. I talked to him about why the resurrection was so important but he clearly wasn't interested. With all of my evangelistic overtones being instantly shot down, I was beginning to get a little embarrassed. Why was he so disinterested in talking about spiritual matters if God was indeed prodding me to talk with him? Finally, I stammered, well, uh, you know, if you've ever got any questions, uh, um, I guess you know where my desk is. And I walked out. In the book, the next sentence is in bold with italics. What was all that about? We'll pause there and we'll finish the story as we're ending this morning. As Lee was an investigative journalist, I can well imagine him going home that night and having a quiet chat with God and asking him a few more questions. And as we read the Psalms, we see that the psalmists ask God a lot of questions as well. We also find that there are, broadly speaking, three types of psalm. There are psalms of praise, for example, Psalm 145, psalms of thanksgiving, if you read Psalm 111, and psalms of lament, look at Psalm 44. Interestingly, I've read somewhere that there are more psalms of lament than any other type. So, as our lives have their ups and downs, so the psalms reflect that. And we find that the psalms of lament pose various questions that the psalmist is asking God. Such as, Why do you hide your face from me? Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. My eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? Or as Lee said, what was all that about? Of course, what we need to understand is that these are more than just questions. These are people like you and I experiencing the difficulties that life does bring about to everyone. And they are opening themselves up to God. They are expressing how they are feeling to him. They are being honest 
to God. You know, we're living in interesting times at the moment, aren't we? We seem to be, albeit some setbacks, gradually coming out of lockdown. I think it would be true to say that we've all been affected in one way or another, even if it's just really frustrating having to wear a mask every time you enter a shop. But maybe for some of you, it has been a really difficult time. It could be you've been furloughed or you've lost your job and you're struggling financially. Or you've struggled with ill health or know people who have. It could be that during this time you've lost someone close to you. It could be you've struggled with the mental aspects of lockdown and your mental health has suffered. If you're struggling at this moment for whatever reason, whether that is due to COVID or not, I want to encourage you not just to read your Psalms, but to follow the example of the Psalmist who lay everything before their Heavenly Father. They literally bear their soul before the Lord their God. As one preacher said, the Psalms give us permission to vent, that is to give free expression of how we feel to God. Let's make this clear. I'm certainly not saying that we erupt or explode before God and then say things to him that we will later regret. That will do no one any good. But we should be honest to God about how we feel. And as someone who is British and well versed in keeping a stiff upper lip and who was brought up in a family where we didn't explore the emotional side of life at all. To be honest, at some points in my life, it felt like if you put a piece of granite next to me, the granite would have appeared more emotional than I did. And it's something I have really struggled with. For me, it's really difficult to tell not just God, but anyone how I feel when life seemingly is stacked against me or if life is going well. Whether God appears to be close or nowhere near. Part of my problem, I believe, is that I'm fearful of the response I may get when I do open up. I'm still uncertain about other people's responses when I do open up. But it's true to say that God can handle us telling him the truth of how we feel. God is not scared of us being honest with him in prayer, nor should we be either. It takes courage and determination, yes. But remember, we can't fake it with God because he already knows how we feel, but he's desperate for us to be honest with him. You just have to look at the history of the Israelites to see how God deeply wanted them to be honest, to be authentic with him. Lips that pay me service, but their hearts are far from me, was how God described them. God is not impressed, we just bombard him with lots of words and requests without being honest with him and expressing how we feel. Nor is he impressed when we pretend everything is fine, when really we're struggling. When a small child falls over and grazes their knee, they don't get up and say, it's all right, daddy or mummy. It's okay. Could you just get me a plaster, please? No, of course they don't. They will let you know exactly how they feel. I seem to remember with my children, lots of tears and bending down and picking them up and giving them a big 
Daddy Hug. How much more so does our Heavenly Father want to embrace us when we not only ask for help, but come to him with everything that we are? Even if that is with hurt, anger, frustration, tears and all. Look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't think that there is a greater example of coming to our Heavenly Father with all that we are than at that moment. It doesn't get more honest than, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, please don't make me do this. The Gospels describe Jesus as being sorrowful, troubled and distressed at that moment. It's a pretty accurate description of how we feel when we go through our difficult times in life. And this was so vital for Jesus because I believe it realigned his mind, his body and his heart to the Father's will so that he could finish his work here on earth that is so beautifully put in John chapter 3, verse 16. That is why I think it's so important for us to do likewise so we realign ourselves with God the Father's will for our lives. In the Psalms that are called Lament Psalms, when the author is being honest in their lament, as one commentator writes, the point of lament is not a self-depiction of suffering or self-pity, but to bring the end of suffering. The lament is an appeal to the one who can end suffering. There are circumstances we find ourselves in that only God can bring us through. That is, there is nothing we can do to change what is happening to us. Unfortunately, sometimes the circumstances don't change and we need to, but our God is gracious. He gives us the strength to carry on as we pour out our hearts to him. So let's finish the story off regarding Lee Strobel and his failed evangelistic efforts. Lee continues, fast forward several years. By this time, I was a teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in suburban Chicago. After I spoke one Sunday morning, a middle-aged man came up, shook my hand and said, I just want to thank you for the spiritual influence you've had in my life. That's very nice, I said. But who are you? Let me tell you my story, he replied. A few years ago, I lost my job. I didn't have any money and I was afraid I was going to lose my house. I called a friend of mine who runs a newspaper and said, do you have any work for me? He asked, can you tile floors? Well, I tiled my bathroom once, so I said, sure. He told me, we need some tiling done at the newspaper. If you can do that, we can pay you. So one day, not long before Easter, I was on my hands and knees behind a desk in the newspaper accounts department, fixing some tiles when you walked into the room. I don't think you even saw me. And you started talking about God and Jesus and Easter and the church to some guy, and he wasn't interested at all. But I was crouching there listening, and my heart was beating fast, and I started thinking, I need God. I need to go to church. As soon as you left, I called my wife and said, we're going to church this Easter. She said, you're kidding. I said, no, we are. We ended up coming to this church that Easter. And my wife, my teenage son, and I all came to faith in Christ. I just wanted to thank you. 
So some years later, God graciously answered Lee's question, what was all that about? I think what makes this story really poignant for me though, obviously apart from God moving in an amazing way, is that actually what Lee initially hoped for never came to materialise. As far as he is aware, his friend in accounts is still an atheist. So what we learn from that story and the Psalms is that doing what God has asked you, being honest with God and telling him how we feel, doesn't bring about a perfect life. It doesn't always bring about what we hope for either, nor is it step one of a three-step programme to make you a better follower of Jesus. I can't say everything is going to turn out all right for everyone all the time, but the whole point of the Psalms is when good or bad things happen to people, they don't just say to God, can you sort this out, please? It's not just a mental exercise. They bring to God their emotions, their passion and their requests. What I have learned is that it certainly hasn't made me a saint overnight, far from it. But what it has done is I'm gradually experiencing a fuller, more rounded relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the NIV, the psalmist writes in Psalm 35, my whole being will exclaim. He was leaving nothing out before God. Jesus replies to the scribe in Mark chapter 12. The most important commandment is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Basically, bring everything to God. You know, this is not a new thing. As the writer of Ecclesiastes states, there's nothing new under the sun. But I thought it would be a good reminder to us all at this time that Jesus came so that we may have life and have it to the full. And this is just one part of the jigsaw that contributes to that fullness of life. So if things are going well, if life is good, let God know. If you play an instrument, grab one and praise him. If you don't play an instrument but you can hold a tune, great, sing praise to him. Or if you're like me and musical talent just passed you by, make a joyful noise to the Lord and praise him. But if life is difficult and hard, let him know. Of course bring your requests before him. But be honest, if you feel God has left you, it's all right to ask him, where are you? If you're waiting for an answer to prayer and you've been waiting for a long time, it's okay to show frustration and ask, how long will you be, O oh Lord? Whatever your situation, let's be honest to God. Bring to him everything that we are, all of our humanity, because he is a faithful God. He is loving, kind and gracious. He never, ever forsakes us and he yearns for us to come to him as the psalmist did as Jesus did in Gethsemane with our minds of course but also with our heart our soul and our strength now may we all grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and forever and ever amen Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. 
For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, check out our website www.amblecopechristiancentre.org.uk.